Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I know you have a lot of therapy podcasts to choose from. I'm really excited to bring on a special guest today all the way from the UK. I will introduce you to Yasmin Shaheen Zafar. She is a parenting coach and counselor, publisher of many therapeutic resources. She's creator of the polyvagalteen.com entire resource of many, many different programs and offerings. And in in my book, she's basically a polyvagal expert and a parenting expert, and I just can't wait for you to meet her. So I'm going to have Yasmin introduce yourself. Tell us a little about you and then love to know your personal and professional journey. I'm Yasmin Shaheen Zafar. I'm based in the UK. I'm a qualified counsellor registered with the BACP in the UK. Uh, I'm what you would describe a creative counsellor. I'm also regional Hmm. ambassador of the creative counsellors community, which is a 10,000 plus organization, members organization in the UK. That's impressive. Yeah, the Facebook group is Creative Counselors Community, if anyone wanted to take a look at that. And as the name suggests, I'm highly creative and I use a number of creative therapies in my sessions with clients. And I'm here really, I love being a therapist. Oh, that's awesome. You're you're my ideal guest because we're all about therapists who want to continue loving being therapists. It's hard to do and, sometimes. Yeah, totally. I only qualified a few years ago, approximately four years ago. Prior to that, I worked in tech. I was a developer. And yeah, it was great and the money's great, but mm. My passion has always been in wanting to support people Mm. and find different ways also, because I really do realize, Cindy, that therapy isn't accessible for everyone, Mm -hmm. whether it's time, whether it's finance. As much as I love my work, I wanted to find a way of reaching more people. Got it. Yes, I think I see where you're going with this. And you're after my own heart because I so believe in making therapy and mental health access accessible. We need that more than ever right now. Yeah. And it's sort of gone alongside my own journey. Um, It was in my mid 40s, I discovered I was dyslexic um, and dyspraxic. And last year, I was diagnosed also with ADHD. And just to clarify what most people know, dyslexia, but not dyspraxia. It's balance. Oh, okay. So a lack of balance. For Mm -hmm. example, I can't ride a bike. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, I spent my life being totally ashamed of not being able to ride a bike. I've been called words such as spastic by people because friends, because, you know, everyone can ride a bike, apparently. I, you know, and I've had lessons and I failed at them. And then to get that diagnosis, mm. it was, wow. So there is a reason, you yes. know, I, I can't do forward roles. I mean, PE mm-hmm. education right. was a long time ago for me, <laughs> but I was always frightened to do those and I'd lose balance. Yes. Um, That's so helpful to hear. Like the diagnosis was confirming and validating to you but even as you say this I'm sure some people will have not heard of this and it's really helpful education yeah I suppose um with a lot of learning differences and I do call them learning differences not learning disabilities beautiful um to me they're learning differences because my mind is wired differently Mm -hmm. um that um, they exist with each other. So if you have, if you are ADHD, um, there's a lot higher likelihood that you will be dyslexic and dyspraxic, perhaps, and other learning mm. differences. Mm-hmm. So that was really enlightening for me to be confirmed as. ADHD and it was actually my daughter who said to me mom I think you're ADHD what <laughs> I was like don't be so silly <laughs> of course I'm not. but then it sort of I was like it sat there mm-hmm. and as I started learning more about it for my own work I was like I think so I got officially diagnosed last year and it was important for me personally to be diagnosed um, because it just c- confirmed it. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that like really personal part of your life and how that came about and, you know, just being so open. That's that's amazing. And perhaps will also help somebody else who, you know, might be experiencing something similar. Yeah, because it came alongside, it sort of helped me understand also, when I was training to be a counsellor, I was scraping through my essays, I was like getting 40, 41%, one I failed, and I just couldn't understand because in the therapy room, I totally get it. Yes. And so that was the start of my journey of thinking well I might be dyslexic Mm. and so I went and got tested but also as I was training as a therapist I was finding it really difficult to understand the textbooks Mm -hmm. and to explain things to my clients so it was all it's kind of happened by accident the creating resources part of my business because I started making resources for clients that were easier for them to understand yeah so my first resource it was called the empty chair cards and I don't know if you've Cindy you've come across the empty chair 
as a gestalt therapist, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that about you. I know. Well, most people, they don't because like who studies gestalt anymore, you know? But Yasmin, yes. Tell me about these cards. That's fascinating. Okay. So basically what happened, my training was at a university with young people Uh and the room was really tiny as well. There was basically just enough room for a desk and two very squashed chairs. (laughs) And I felt that the empty chair technique would be quite helpful with that client base. Mm -hmm trying to without um, giving examples of clients trying of course. to talk. right I remember it was a young person and they went oh that's just so weird talking to an empty chair and I was <laughs> like do you know what it's weird you're right yes I love your energy around this do you know what it is weird of course <laughs> um so I sort of went away and I was just thinking and I was thinking, I wonder how I could make that less weird and less cringe. And um, this is your creative side coming through. Yeah. So I just, I used to take pictures, photographs of empty chairs hmm. um, years ago as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So I looked up with these different empty chairs and I put them on different backgrounds So some have got on sunflowers, some are cactus, some in the water. And I just got a client to look through them Mm -hmm. and pick one that appealed to them or that they were drawn to of a particular relationship. And they were able to discuss, you know, the cactus or background of a chair or the soft velvet or the broken window behind the chair. And Mm -hmm. so much came out of that. That's beautiful. It became almost like a metaphoric process that they could then dive into. And it, I I sort of created those cards um, just as a way into the empty chair technique. Mm-hmm. I love that. They, they worked really well during lockdown. Wow. This is just a, a wonderful example of you combining your creativity with this need to help make therapy or a technique more accessible to the clients. And so then you started getting more expert at polyvagal theory and started creating resources for that. So let's jump over to that because I I am so excited for you to share with everyone. But yeah, yeah. And when you guys see her website, you will be amazed. Like uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, But Let's start by defining polyvagal theory because not everybody knows. And, you know, I'm also hoping maybe we will get some parents to listen to this who might be interested in really understanding what you're talking about, being polyvagal aware and and all of that. Okay, so this is really briefly. Yes. So polyvagal theory was developed by Dr. Stephen Porges. Mm Mm-hmm. And it has been translated by Deb Dana, who is also a counselor in the US. Yes. Um, she's you know, she has Maine ties, actually. Somehow, I'm not sure, but she has ties to Maine. I'm not sure if she's actually here, but she's definitely done training here. I know lots of people have trained with her. <laughs> yeah, she's a wonderful trainer. Yeah. And a wonderfully interpreted 
the polyvagal framework. So the first thing I need to say is mm -hmm. that the polyvagal framework is a model of the nervous system. There's been a number of different models around over the time, and there's four main models. But polyvagal theory is a model of the nervous system. So mm -hmm. the nervous system does not look like this. The body is so complicated, but this is what scientists believe. Mm -hmm. okay. Polyvagal theory explains how emotions and behaviors link and how we react to stress mm -hmm. and how biology impacts the way we react to stress, internal and external stress. So within the body and with out of the body. Right. Okay. Um, so there's three main, I call them pillars of polyvagal mm -hmm. framework. There is the hierarchy, which states that there's three different categories our responses can fall into. Mm -hmm. So I use the words safe and social, mobilize and immobilize. What happened to me was trying to read all the books and all the resources. They use a lot of the scientific words. Yes. Which which really confused me. They overwhelmed me. They still do. I get it. I would be just like that. That's why I love the way you describe these three states. It, it's, it makes sense. So when I was actually working with clients, I was stripping out the scientific terms mm -hmm. and just putting in simple terms to explain. Mm -hmm. um, the second pillar would be neuroception, a, a phrase coined by um, Dr. Stephen Porges, which means that we are constantly on a subconscious level scanning for threat and safety. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the third pillar of polyvagal would be that it's co-regulation. So the phrase I like to use is mm. share our calm. Share our calm. Wow. Mm -hmm. so we, we can, by sharing our calm, we can help regulate others. To me, the word co-regulate means nothing. And I think that's right. my dyslexia, but I understand share our calm. That's Amazing. I, it, what, what a great reframe, right? Co-regulation. I mean, we can think about it and kind of get it. But if you were talking to a couple or a parent and a kid, share our calm, just it, it, it makes it real. That's what I love about this approach. Thank you. Yes, Yasmin, this is awesome. So what happened was then I decided to create some cards, some therapy cards to using the behaviors and the polyvagal framework. So it's a set of 80 emotion cards, emotion conversation cards, which basically breaks down polyvagal theory mm -hmm. with as little words as possible. And they're very visual. Mm -hmm. so me creating these, it, it explains, because I've created a number of other resources also, um, prior to this, me being ADHD and neurodivergent really 
I finally understood why I take this route, why I don't read books. I mean, I can read a book, I can read a line and I won't know what I've read mm-hmm. and I can keep rereading it, but it's almost like the words don't sink in. Right, right. It's it's a, a processing issue. But but knowing this, you've been able to embrace your own style. You've embraced your gifts and created something that other people can also access. Yeah. And I guess it stems from um, when I've trained as a counselor mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone's like, what's your niche? What's your niche? Right. <laughs> and I was like, what's my niche? <laughs> um, and I was like, I guess I was fumbling around thinking, yeah. what is my niche? And what I realized, I became really interested in anger, resolving anger, parenting teenagers. Mm-hmm. My youngest finally turned 18 last wow. year. So I've been through that process. Mm-hmm. Also for me, on a personal level, um, my father passed away when I was 13. Oh my goodness. Uh, very suddenly. I, I've, I've always, I didn't realize this, but I really wanted to work with families mm-hmm. uh, because I know the struggle my own mother had with her own mental health after my father passed. Sure. I mean, my mother was only 33 and my oh dad my. 39. Wow. So, yeah. You know, and you I, were 13, like that's such a formative time. I mean, so much grief and trauma and chaos that goes into the world of the family then yeah yeah it does actually Cindy Mm -hmm. just acknowledging that myself Mm -hmm. you've always felt for families yeah for parents parents. and it was a few years ago I was listening to Dr. Bessel van der Kolk Mm -hmm. and it was a lecture and you know I love his stuff he's great yeah and um, he was he, he said something that we need to support families and parents more. Mm-hmm. And that just those few words really resonated with me. So I thought, well, how wonderful would it be if we could get polyvagal theory to teens, to families? Mm-hmm. So the cards came in and I've been developing a game board as well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be called What's Your State? It's the game. I've got the first prototype of the game board out. So I'm collecting like reviews and mm. uh, talking to therapists on how they're using it. So to encourage could... parents and families to become polyvagal aware. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and I can imagine therapists using that with their teens or preteens or tweens, whatever they're called these days in their offices, but, but also supporting the families, you know, and and I want to go back to something you said that's so important. You, you were interested in anger and so few therapists will say that, right? Because we're usually scared of it. And looking at how does the anger impact the families, impact the kids, but, you know, we all have it and, and really being not afraid of it, but looking at the function, the purpose, and some of that 
probably comes through with the polyvagal theory and finding that nervous system model so that you can understand where is that calm that we could share, that one of us could share with the other and understanding the anger and the activation and, and, and responses that you talked about before too. Yeah. And Cindy, I think it's more so in today's world, more important than ever to be aware of how our nervous system reacts because we have information, our kids have information coming in from all angles. You know, it's from face to face, it's friends, it's their phones, social media, the radio, news. You know, it's not great news, is it? It's not, no. (laughs) Yes, just, I mean, just yesterday I was talking to a colleague of mine and, you know, she was saying how all of her clients were so upset about, you know, two different things on the news, you know, terrible things. And, and of course, I mean, there's no escaping it. And then add to that the media frenzy that almost that they whip up. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wonder if years to come, will the media even be held accountable for the impact it's having on people's nervous system? Mm. Because whenever we take in news that is or have an encounter that is impacting people's nervous systems. Right. And that's what, you know, I really want to create the cards and resources. I see at the beginning of a movement almost to help create generations of children and families that are polyvagal aware Mm -hmm. because you know, I didn't know how to emotionally regulate until I think I was in my early 40s. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what this was. What was emotional regulation? Right. And it takes as long as it takes. And <laughs> and by the way, you look way too young to be in your 40s and have an 18-year-old. <laughs> oh, thank you, Cindy. Yeah. But I was like, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. and it changed the way I parented as well amazing you know? it's never too late that's what we want to get across for our lives to change for the way we do something interact with our partner or with our kids it's never too late and you know in doing so I know I've broken intergenerational patterns that tra- you know trauma mm-hmm. patterns I've actually broken those wow. and I'm just so excited because I have such a wonderful I'm so fortunate I have such a wonderful relationship with my teens mm-hmm. you know with my children that I want to teach this I want to share not so much teach but share this knowledge with other people and how transformative it is Yes, that, Sorry, I that's, no, <laughs> I, I love it. I, this, this energy is, is just, it's, it's contagious. So, so maybe like, you know, I do want to kind of talk about generalities, but specifically what's an example of like a way that you interact differently with your teenager? Okay. So a typical example is just before yeah. my, um, daughter went to university mm-hmm. I still walked into her room I was doing something really boring I was looking for dirty washing to put in yeah. the wash 
seen. Right. I, was, I wasn't spying on her or anything. And, you know, I... I Although it's tempting to spy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it is. So I walked into her room. I didn't knock. And she yeah. looked really um, guilty of something as she was sat on her bed. So... You know, I was like, are you all right, darling? Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, yes. And I, I said, what are you sitting on? And um, it was a vape. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I don't want my child to vape. Mm-hmm. Right? And the old me would have grabbed the vape and, you know, you are not sm- vaping and, you know, probably been quite annoyed right having you know worked on my nervous system and knowing how I need to share my calm with her so Mm -hmm. she doesn't feel shame and you know start becoming defensive I was like okay darling and it's tone of voice as well you know lower your voice To be honest, I really don't know what to say right now. Perhaps we can talk about it in a couple of hours. Wow. And so I just carried on picking the washing up. Oh, my gosh. And carried on. And she came down about half an hour later, really sheepish. Uh And saying, Mom, I just wanted to try it. That's all. And I was like, okay, darling, I appreciate you're 17. She was 17 Mm -hmm. then that you'd want to try it um and just having a conversation because you know the teenage years are impulsivity curiosity of course they're going to right. be curious absolutely yeah. you know, if parents need to be angry with anyone it's the it's government and you know the vape manufacturers of course right right that is beyond Amazing the way you were able to check in with your own nervous system, regulate yourself, find your calm, and then engage with her from that place with amazing results. I mean, it's so beautiful the way you tell about clearly, you know what the old you would have done. And and most of us have done just that, but fewer of us have done what you described, Yasmin. That's that's a gift which comes from practice. It comes from practice and training. And, and like you use this beautiful phrase, being polyvagal aware, you use that awareness, right? With your daughter. And uh, you know, the best is Cindy. I'm so proud of this text. Uh, About two weeks later, once she was at university, she sent me a text and she said, Hey mom, I just want to let you know. um, I feel really close to you. Um, I know we have our ups and downs, but I still feel very close to you. And thank you for not being angry with me about the vape. All I wanted to do was try it. And thank you for understanding. And, you know, to me, that's, that is just just touched your heart. It's pure love, pure blessing. That's, that's amazing. Yes. You know, I think for me, I've always wanted my children to know that I am their safe person. Mm-hmm. Right. 
polyvagal theory, the framework. And don't get me wrong, it's not a matter of, as you say, practice. It's not a matter of you read the theory and, hey, you you know, you're polyvagal aware. Uh, you know, I have days that I slip up, but it's, it's practice and, you know, becoming aware. And how can you diffuse, you know, situations from exploding or having blowouts? It really is so helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You offer so much by working with both parents, therapists, teenagers as well. What do you find that like a parent really wants, you know, kind of like their standard complaints about their teens? I mean, the standard is about, you know, bedrooms, messy bedrooms <laughs> and uh, teens not listening. Yeah. And, you know, I've been guilty of this also, you know, and a lot of, don't get me, a lot of us parents, we're busy, we're tired, <laughs> we're worried about money, you know, there's so much there. And exactly. on top of that, we need to parent as well. But it was, I used to have blowouts, especially with my um, daughter about her room. Mm-hmm. And you know, one day I realized I'd never actually taught her how to clean a room. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and that sounds so silly, doesn't it? But I was Well, like, we have these expectations. Yeah. It's so hard to just uh, kind of unpack our expectations. They're really pretty rigidly in, ingrained in us. <laughs> and yeah, so... Yeah. I, we it, I turned that as soon as that light bulb went on mm-hmm. we had I still remember we had a really fun time we put on music and there was resistance from her I went into the right. room and I says darling we're gonna do this together and mom's not gonna get annoyed and uh-huh. you know when it's that resistance as well, it's quite easy as a parent to get frustrated or say something or snap back. And, you know, polyvagal framework and theories help me to just stay calm, mm-hmm. share my calm, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And, you know, we put music on, we had a dance and we did her bedroom yeah. Uh, what a cool mom, Yasmin. You're just really cool too, on top of this. <laughs> I don't know if my teen would say that about cleaning and being yeah. a cool mom. Well, but also just even trying some different things. And and I think that's it's so refreshing to hear. You know. And I think, you know, especially with teenagers, it's you know, it's one thing after the other. I remember and I won't say which of my teens, um, but, you know, now children can order online Amazon. Right. You know, so adult toys, you know, mm-hmm. how do you react when your teenage child is ordering, yeah. you know, all these things? Um, it's uncomfortable to speak about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's really important, parents. Absolutely. connect with their children right. about these topics that, that is- we can talk to them about anything or they could talk to us about anything yeah 
Yeah. And, you know, polyvagal theory is about safety and connection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for any parent, they want to be that safe person that their child comes to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, one more thing, Cindy. I almost Yeah. Think. So what I found, I wanted to create a game board. Mm-hmm. Because I really wanted to emphasize that during the day, during to, because of different encounters, we move in and out of different states. Right. So I really wanted to emphasize that. So Deb Darner uses the metaphor of the ladder for the different states. Okay. And the states are, again, that safe and social, mobilized and immobilized. Correct. And we think of the mobilized, you you helped me with this, as like high energy and immobilized as lower energy. Yeah, so immobilized is like the freeze response, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, depressed, isolated, alone, so hibernate. Right, so that would be a state that we could experience at different points in the day. Mm. Okay. So what happens is when we have an encounter with someone or something or some news, our nervous system will respond. Mm -hmm. And it can move us into a, any one of those states. Mm -hmm. Now we could stay there, but what usually happens is when we feel safe, we move out of it. So for example, um, one of my cards is short and snappy. So that's a mobilized state. Okay. Um, so, you know, you could have an encounter with your mom. <laughs> right. Example of mom. Um, and, you know, the young person's response may be short and snappy because they may feel defensive about not cleaning their room, for example. Right. Okay. What a great title for the card. Now I get it. Short and snappy. Um, yeah, because you I don't think you've seen the cards, have you? No, I'm going to get a set after this. If okay. I have time before my next client. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and they're so beautiful. Wow. So that's the lying. I've okay. got teen behavior. Right. We'll post a link so you can see the beauty of these on the show notes for sure. Yeah. So uh, going back to what um, the metaphor of the ladder, I don't know if it's because I'm dyspraxic even. My first thought was I'd fall off a ladder. I know it's a metaphor of the dyspraxia. (laughs) Yes. No, I get it. (laughs) It's great. So I created a metaphor of a track on my game board. It's actually a track called it the teen track so sometimes they might run through a state sometimes they may walk through a state from one to another casually sometimes they may you know struggle and crawl through different states and also it helps to explain trauma because Mm -hmm. trauma is when we get stuck in a response as well it's not the actual event Yes, yes. And even as you say this, Yasmin, I I work with folks in recovery or touched by addiction, and I can see this very similar to like surfing the urges or, you know, how do you, instead of like jumping, popping out of a state, an uncomfortable state to say use or, you know, 
participate in an addiction. Instead, is there a way to like move through it and get into the next state? I can imagine it being very helpful with that as well. Yeah, and especially stuckness also. Mm-hmm. So I let um, clients choose markers. So they might have a stone or they might bring in their own marker. And with young people, it's always great to have slight structure to the session. So I can use it as a check-in. So they just put the marker on where they are um, or where they've been this week or where they would like to go Hmm. or like to be. Yeah, Um, And moving that marker, again, I don't know if it's because of my ADHD or it's, you know, I feel um, there's something about the movement, moving these markers that makes, in my mind and in people that I've worked with as well, that it helps with the ability to realize we can shift state. Absolutely. I was, I was thinking it it gives you agency that you actually can take action and you see yourself doing it, even if it's in this, this kind of meta way through the game. Yeah. So I found that really helpful. Yeah. So I'm really excited about the game board because I really do. I just want schools, parents, educators, therapists using this. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just want, and why I'm so excited about polyvagal theory, um, I know it has its criticisms also, which I have looked at. Yes. Um, but for me personally, and I have got some blog posts about the criticisms. Yes, they're, yeah. they're, they're wor- very well done, very worth reading. And, you know, every, every theory will have criticisms. But you've 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 done your research on this, which is is impressive. Yeah, because it, there's a difference, isn't there, through the higher level of neuroscience and on a scientific level. Mm-hmm. You know, is it? And then, as clinicians, you know how we're using it, um, and that's also a reason I've stripped the scientific words out. Um, I was just going to say, people want the help. They, you know, yes, maybe they really want to understand the science, but what they'd like more is an interaction like you had with your daughter. They really want the help to do things differently. And the way you've just simplified it so that it is understandable and they can put it into action. That's, that's a real gift to whoever wants, wants to take advantage of it. Yeah. And I'm hoping by the end of this year to launch a coaching, a polyvagal team coaching program for therapists. Mm-hmm. So they can train to be a polyvagal team coach. Wow. The programs in the making um, so they can support parents and teach parents to teach their children. Yes. Right. That's amazing. Uh, there's so much that inspires you. I, it just really comes through. And, and to keep doing this work, I mean, you you have such a vision, Yasmin, to expand this, which is it's great. It's exciting. Oh, it is. I don't know how I'm going to do it, Cindy. Well, I mean, we've met and, and you're going to be in touch with more people and, and 
and that's going to happen. And I'm, I'm so interested in this as well, just because of that, that frame you've put on it to, to make it accessible. I think that's such a key also for, I work with a lot of new therapists, you know, recently graduating and we need as much as we can to help people right now, because the need is so great. And especially with families, especially coming out of the pandemic, the, the like family crisis situation is pretty huge. I would say everybody's been stuck together for three years. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, um, people, uh, people have asked me, do I work with children? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I work with young people. For me, the change is going to happen with working with the families the real yes. change. Right, right. So what would you what would you want to say to a parent? Like if a parent is listening and thinking, yes, I have so many, I, I wish I could be different with my teens. What would you say to a parent? You totally can, mm-hmm. you know, and not to be so hard on yourself either. Change takes time. I came from a family where, um, and you know, it's not my mom's fault. My mom was under a lot of stress and pressure, my dad passing, but it ended up being quite a verbally abusive and physically Mm. abusive, aggressive upbringing. And, you know, I so didn't want that to be the same type of parent, but I was heading that way. You know, and until I really sure. had to, I went in therapy. And it's really shameful as well, you know, to admit that. Um, and oh, I would, absolutely. People, you know, to, if they are feeling shame, don't let that stop you getting support because there is a lot of support out there. Yes. Oh, that's, thank you for sharing that, that vulnerable piece. And I think, That's the other thing we have been talking about is so much of this brings up shame, you know, for a parent that can't connect the way they want to with their kid or, you know, or even a a therapist who who doesn't know what to do anymore. You know, it's, it's, it it can bring about a lot of shame. Um, And, you know, we're all under a lot of pressure, you know, so I think, you know, we do seem to have a shorter fuse a lot of people these days um you know and it is i would say parenting in this day and age is one of the hardest jobs ever i would say okay that's definitely speaking from the heart telling a parent you are doing one of the hardest jobs ever and and so similarly speaking from your heart what would you say to a therapist right now um what would I say to a therapist? Well, most therapists are there for a reason, aren't they? From, mm-hmm. I would say their own lived experience, just keep doing what you're doing. And if you have a dream of, you know, reaching more people, you know, having an awareness day. Right. I always, I have an awareness day also. It's called World Let's Stop Shouting and it's promoting nonviolent communication. Wow. Oh, I just got chills hearing that too. (laughs) But Yasmin, that's so 
inspiring. And you're doing this. If you have a dream to reach more people and you're doing it by sharing the polyvagal theory and framework and ways to make families healthier and more connected. Yeah. And if any other therapists have that same dream, Mm -hmm. you know, follow it, follow your heart. Mm. Um, you know, I have no idea how I'm going to do things and I muddle through. And, you know, also, Cindy, thanks so much for inviting me. I've stayed hidden for so long mm. and I'm only just now becoming unhidden. Wow. Um, it's it's beyond a privilege and pleasure for me, Yasmin. No more hiding for you. <laughs> you no more hiding. Yes. I mean, I just, uh, you have so much poise and professionalism and energy that is just, you know, it's, it's so exciting and it, it, it just touches everyone. And so, you know, this is your gift, right? Like someone once said, it's when we want to hide, it's not about us. It's not about you. You know, it's like, who is it about? It's about those parents out there. It's about those schools, those other therapists, and you are bringing it. And I I can't believe you haven't been out there more, but I would love to help you in any way I can. We could oh, have you come you. back here too, because we have only touched the surface today, my friends, on being polyvagal aware, right? We've only had like a couple examples and there's so much more that we could we could learn about. Yeah, totally. And I'd love to come back at some point, Cindy. Yes, great. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, also, I I would say that you're a great example, Yasmin, of also just going after your dreams, no matter what, right? You've, You've been working, you've been raising teenagers, dealing with, you know, your own learning differences, and now creating these big resources that's great like it's never too late oh absolutely it's never too late I'm only just starting I'm mm-hmm. 51 Cindy and I'm oh my goodness only still uh, only just starting <laughs> so if awesome. therapists are thinking oh they're too old you're def- most definitely not yes well I ne- I need to hear that too because I'm in my mid-50s and just starting a podcast so there you go <laughs> You know, there's a real, I would say, explosion of mm-hmm. older people going back into the workforce or actually now being able to follow something that they've always wanted to do and create that, mm-hmm. a compassion-focused business or a, a passion-focused business. Yes, right. So don't feel left out. Anyone listening out there, you can you can still follow your dream. And you have two examples here of, of women going after dreams to help others and have a bigger reach and impact to make people's lives better. So yeah, to create a safer world. Yes. Well, I have enjoyed being a recipient of sharing your calm today, Yasmin. And it's given me some calm as well that I truly needed today. So I'm super grateful. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Cindy. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. 
Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.